Hey, it's Margot Tantau here, host of Windowsill Chats. I am so glad you're here. I have some tales to tell, some interesting stories to discover, and I'm glad you're here to do that with me. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. In the trenches, figuring out what the best way is to get something done, how to get something made, how to get your creative self noticed, how to make the best of a situation. And so I'm here to bring those stories to you and see if there's anything you can pull out from it. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet little corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble Like I need a friend Won't you come and sit in my windowsill again Spin our favorite records Discuss the latest trends Won't you come and sit in my windowsill again Hi everybody! So glad you're here for this episode of Windowsill Chats. I just really appreciate you all tuning in every week. It's really fun to hear your feedback and from that choose new people to talk to every week. I wanted to read a review sent in by Tracy and I just really appreciate these reviews that are posted on Apple Podcasts. So go ahead and leave one and I might read it. Tracy says, I have enjoyed each guest and their willingness to share their stories, their struggles, fears, and accomplishments. Such a diverse range of perspective from freelance life to fitting your art and creativity into spare time to dealing with worries on losing stability and finding the will to get up and find your voice each day. Margo immediately makes you feel as if you're not just listening in, but you're part of the conversations because she is asking questions you have on your mind as the discussion develops. That's my goal, Tracy. Thank you very much. I'm glad it touches you. That's the whole thing to just find a way for it to kind of mean something to you in your own life. Today, I am thrilled to be able to speak with Este McLeod. Este is someone I have admired for a long time. Este and I first met when she was a student, actually, of a course I was teaching with Lila Rogers online. She was part of the very first one, and she stood out to me immediately as someone with vision and great talent and drive and individuality and unique ideas, and those are all things I value greatly. Here's a little bit more about Este. She is a painter, a designer, and a teacher of alternative online art courses since 2015. Her paintings are informed by the real and the imaginary. Her background in textile and ceramic design is noticeable in the stylized, abundant, and colorful forms she uses in her still life, landscape, and floral paintings. Her shapes are distorted and altered, but there's a strong sense of the familiar. The variety of techniques and layering of color and shapes adds an ethereal element to her artwork. And it's very recognizable. It's just wonderful when you look at it. They have a feeling like nothing else I've seen. Her paintings are inspired by travel, nature, dreams, seasons, sentiments, and thoughts, as well as everyday surroundings. Working intuitively, Este allows paintings to develop over time. Observation and drawing are important parts of her creative process. She loves color, and with her vibrant and energetic artworks, she aims to convey an intrinsic beauty, a feeling, impression, or memory of a place. Este was born in South Africa and now lives in England with her husband. Thank you, Este, for coming on Windowsill Chats today and talking to me. I've just loved your work ever since the first second I saw it, which I I pretty much remember. I think it was 2015. It was. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. I'm so taken by your, just the way you consistently show up. We were just talking before we pressed record about, you know, creating a habit or doing something that getting into a routine of something. And and you're so, I mean, you help all of us do that with your challenges and how's that, how's that going for you in this time? I mean, I, I feel like you really 
poured yourself into it starting when COVID started? And what's that been looking like for you? Well, it's in terms of a habit or in terms of sort of doing something consistently, I don't think it is the intention was to create a habit. Of course, a habit starts to form when you do things regularly. Um, but with COVID in particular, or this mad year you, we've been having, I I thought with, with me sort of creating more co- courses and challenging and the free courses I've been doing is literally a case of, you know what, creativity is good. It, creativity, is, creativity makes people feel happier. It's something which I can share. It's something I can give. And, and it's as simple as that. Mm. Um, and then it sort of it sort of links to this uh, the weekly um, drawing challenges and color challenges I've been having on Instagram. And it's just a little something. And I feel for, for, for what I put into it, it's it's not a really a big deal. You you you, you gain from it, and it's good to see people feeling um, inspired to be creative. So with COVID, with the first course I did, the first free course, five day course, it was the the response was so overwhelming actually that I um, that it sort of motivated me to make more other courses as well, my, some of my, my my regular courses, and um, and I've just done another free course. So it's it's a little bit of let's just do this because otherwise maybe I'll panic and you know worry about the fact that I can't go anywhere so keep yourself busy do things you know that's the best way just to to get on is to to keep busy it actually is almost it's almost as simple as that I, I don't overthink it too much you know do things be inspired be curious stay, stay curious curiosity is a, is a good thing staying curious and well, and I love the challenges you come up with too, because they're not just your run of the mill. They, I feel like you really like this latest one, the lemons uh, is, it's just <laughs> what a perfect thing. Cause you know, take your lemons and make something out of them, but it's, it's just appetizing and delightful and colorful. And thank you so much. Well, that one has actually a little story behind it because I was thinking I would like to do another free course before the end of the year, because it's just, it's a little bit of saying thank you as well. That's without being overly sentimental. I feel very, very grateful for being an artist. It's, 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 I don't even want to overstate it too much, but because it sounds a little bit syrupy but I really am I'm just happy that I can be an artist and make a living as an artist and that's that's I feel incredibly lucky privileged I feel very very lucky just to have that in my life and I thought I'll do something I'll just do a uh, I'll do a little course I didn't know what to do but I thought just something it will come up just trust the process it, it will happen and um I was doing a live demo. This was a while back. I did a live demo and I used Uppercase magazine and I just paged through. And sometimes I would just literally page through and open a page and, and go, okay, that's good. Let's go with these colors. Let's look at this artist. Let's look at the process she's using and just look at some shapes and, and just sort of get ideas from there, just tease things out. And that happened. It was finished. And I opened on a page. The book actually fell open on a page. And it was something like A to Z little um, bits and pieces. And my eye caught where it says zest. And I think it says something like, you know, it's, you know, add, add, add to food um, for fla- flavoring to food. And also like the sort of energy and interest in, in, in life and making things, you know, zest for life. And I thought, that's it. That's it. Because... We all have been receiving far more than our fair share of lemons this year. Let's just let's just, let me just go. I'm not going to overthink that. Let me just play with that idea because everybody can buy a lemon. I want them to use it as a literally an object to work with as well. Look at it, draw it, play with it, create create shapes from it, and 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 the rest will follow. So, yeah, it was just a little fun project, suitable for all ages, suitable for all abilities, limited materials. That was the first project's um, uh, sort of uh, requirements as well. And I like putting myself sort of on the spot and giving myself a challenge. And it's like, okay, now I'll make it work. Mm-hmm. There's something that happens. I think it's between adrenaline and sort of pushing my creative boundaries, but somehow it gives me, um, I get much out of that, doing that. I think the fact that you're pushing yourself, but you're bringing along, bringing others along with you and everybody can experience that in the same, at, at the same kind of 
window is is pretty cool. I took a course one of your courses early on, and I still in my studio I still have my painting that I did then. Not quite finished, but I kind of leave it that way. <laughs> well, I leave it that way because it's that's how far I got. But there's so many things that remind you, me specifically of techniques you have, like the fan brush, which is a thing that I never used before I took that course, and and other things like that. But I feel I felt um, like I really learned things about my own, like what I could do thanks to your, you know, your figuring things out at the same time. And I I also love essay how um how unique your work is how you it is how it doesn't feel like anybody else's and i've always felt that way from the beginning like oh my gosh this woman really has figured out her own style and and it's just gorgeous thank you so much it's again it's 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 almost something you don't want to overthink because when you start doing that then you become either too self-critical you think oh I should be a bit more like so and so and so I should be I should work harder or you know where's my style falling um Mm. it's something just to it it just happens and it's interesting you also that you say that because when I trained as a textile designer um in the late 80s and 90s the objective was sort of to make yourself fit in with Mm. other styles as much as you can in other words you you had to sort of disguise your own style to make work that's, that <laughs> suited the market. And, yes. and I had a tutor who said, oh, for God's sake, you know, I can just see your work out of, you know, they can see a thousand designs and I'll see which one is yours. You have to try and blend in a little bit more. It was oh, actually the, really? the objective. It was the plan. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's not like it is now where you can sort of, where artists have become more, um, uh, I couldn't say, more recognisable uh, you can be, yeah. You know, in, in, and as a as a designer, you can sort of create your own 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 collection. That was not really no very much done, you know, back in the day. No, you really did have so, to fit in. You had to use the same a certain light if you were taking a picture. You had to certain use a certain you know font if you were doing graphic, you know, anything. Yes. But to be told that you you could still pick yours out and you had to morph more into oh goodness sakes, I hadn't realized. Of course, you know those of us with a creative path, usually, usually I've done a lot of things, but I loved reading about what you've done, all the ceramics and jewelry and the textiles. I would love to <laughs> see some of those things, Estee. Um, I, uh, that, that again is, is one of those funny things where sometimes I think about and go, you know, I never studied fine art, but I'm a, I'm a painter and yeah. I never, I've, I've never studied painting in the mm. traditional sense. I tried twice. Mm. I enrolled once and I didn't like, uh, this was just after I did textile design and um, I was going to do fine art uh, painting. And then I changed to fine art printmaking because the teacher thought my the way I used my colors were wrong. And I oh, thought, no, I'm gosh. not going to change it now. I don't want you to tell me to paint in, in gray and blue and, and have, you know, and lots of brown because that's your style of painting. Right. I just, it just didn't sit right with me. And then, Ultimately, that is a thing of just almost trust the process, trust yourself. It will, you know, this is the thing about a creative path is that you find your own way mm-hmm. and never regret in the different directions it took you. I agree. Um, um, and I, I think as a designer, even though I'm a painter and my work sort of, sort of sits between them. And again, I don't want to overthink it too much because this is just what I do. I'm not at the end of my journey. I might become an abstract painter one of these days and just painting colors, but this is not yet where I am. How did did you pick up a paintbrush kind of later after the other things, or was it something you kind of dabbled with at the same time? Oh, oh, it's, I think it's always been part of the master plan, but um, because my parents realized I'll be an artist from the age of two, and I'm not joking, they said it, I was so passionate about it that they just knew I had to, it, this will be what what I become. But because being an artist is, is quite difficult, as in make, difficult to make a living straight away, young, young artists, especially, you know, now it's easier with, with more, um, sort of social media and um, uh, ways to be seen, um, it, it used to be harder, you know, if you're in your 20s where you still form your, create your style, your creative style. It, it's not, it doesn't just happen. You have to develop it as a, as a painter in particular, I believe, I trust. And um, so I was, the idea was for my, my parents sort of thought, you know, 
let's train me, you know, I need to do it some kind of a training, whether it's graphic design, textile design, something where I can find a job, as in turn me into to, to a career. And then hopefully, and this was the, the this was the thinking at the time, I can become a lecturer one day because they were all lecturers and academics. And it's like, no, 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 I just want to paint. <laughs> that's what I want to do. I actually just want to be an artist, but that's fine. Okay, let me do this design training and then ultimately that is the thing that is that it has had such an impact on the way I work um, silkscreen printing the design component from you know of of painting as well as having to paint everything it was pre-digital yes so that that was a a good good source of um, it was a good learning Mm -hmm. um, very technical yeah very 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 demanding and um but I then still painted along alongside all the other things I did. I became a studio ceramicist, but I also made paintings. Mm. It was just that that was not my my main career at this point. I was still learning, and I I I I knew that was what I was still doing. I was not. It it had I had a, it. This was the long path. That was the longer journey. Yeah, becoming an artist. It was not. It wasn't suddenly. It was. It it was the. I don't want to even say the end goal, but this is that's what I will do right. until I can no longer paint right. or the paintbrush. I will always paint. And the other things are complementary to that almost. Isn't it nice to find something that's just really part of you? It's it's just an extension of a breath, really. You know, you know you you love it. It it comes from you, it flows from you. You know, things change slightly, but um and all along the way, we try different things because we're creative, we're artists, we're curious. Yes. And I, I think that's a good thing to, to, to do that from the point of view of learning. Never stagnate. It's it's good to push your limits always um, to try different mediums, to try, you know, it's now so easy to do short courses. You can learn anything from, you know, online courses, mm-hmm. know, Skillshare, or just different different ways of, of trying things out. And it, it's all... It will all impact on the way you work. I really think it's important to continue learning. And that's maybe one of the reasons why I, I know it's one of the reasons why I I, I then continue to study at different art, art and design de- degrees, because I, I mm-hmm. like learning more. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not necessarily a career change that I thought, oh, I have to now do something completely different. It was what if I I, I, I do this as well? And I, I, I gave myself the almost the freedom to to play and um, to explore other other options, and again, it, it it now comes back in the way I do my teaching. Yeah, um, and I, you're I, like I draw on a lot of different disciplines. Yeah, I I feel like you know the first time we met in person, I remember you showing me the ampersand sort of little thing you did. I think you did it in schools or with your son or something but that one really stuck with me and the way you do the words and turn them upside down I mean your your thought process in it is fascinating that's again one of those it's actually a very valuable lesson in that because it's the it's ampersand but it actually started off even more simple as a question mark and I've done the question mark creative challenge oh, that's maybe I, it was a question basically mark. yeah 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 it, it, it links a little bit to the ampersand mark as well which actually was I think I believe the the the, the it was actually part of the alphabet it was the the last letter of the alphabet, which then fell away. But um, anyway, that's that's beside the point, uh, probably. But my son, when he was little, struggled to do a cursive writing because he was he learned to write in one school, but then an infant school in the UK, and then went to a primary school um, after two years of in this first school where they just did print just basic letters. And by the time he moved to this new school. In that school, they had always done cursive right from the beginning. So he he he's, he he never learned it properly, and then he had to sort of quickly catch on, and he wrote his letters wrong. So it was in an effort to teach him how to make the cursive lettering that it became let's play with the letters, and that's how it happened. And we had a book of I had in a sketchbook. We were you know just. Um, Looking at, at different different letter shapes, or I mean, I, I filled it with lots of letter drawings, and 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 we we just sort of make shapes from the letters. He was six, seven years old at the time, and um, <clears throat> there was one day where I was just saying, I was I was actually explaining to him a 
just on this in the same sketchbook about um, a hanger, the shape of a coat hanger. And um, he, and then it's like, what can you draw from a coat hanger? So that, that was sort of the question mark and quote hanger. And then and it just sort of turned back into a question mark. And we just looked at a shape and turned it into as many things as we could think. And I still use it. It's now, and I've done challenges with the, the question mark challenge, creative challenge. And I still do it for my, for um, uh, sometimes for my, with my demos because it's such a dynamic shape. Yes. And it's just, a, it's, what I what I find letters, um, in particular letters and numbers, using it as a starting point is it's just an anchor point. Mm. It is so people don't have to go, oh, but I don't know where to start. It's like just write the number, just write yeah. one to nine. Such a good place to start because we all know we all can do that. Exactly. We all have your how it basically works is you all have your own individual handwriting. Um, and then you have your universal symbols, such as numbers and letters. Uh, as we all know how to make it. And it's like code. And you can do it with your eyes closed. It's a bit like a magic pow- power, the fact that you can you can write. And, you, and it's a form of drawing. I just, yeah. It's just a different way of, of, of drawing. It's just making shapes that look like symbols. But then deconstructing it and playing with it in a different ways is, is actually quite powerful. And then it becomes something magical if you, you know, add paint and color and just keep going. I just, yeah, I love how you totally. do that. And, I've and never I, seen that done that way before. I have never seen it either. And again, that's one of those things. I just run with it. And some people think, oh, it's just a gimmick. And other people think it's quite, um, I think it's brilliant. you know, it, it's just it's just something I I do. I, I would like to one day turn it into a book. I'm still working yes, on, on yes. how to do that because my objective with it is just draw a little, you know, mm-hmm. just try, just just try it out. Just something you you're already comfortable yourself. with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's you use your own handwriting, so you're you're halfway there. Exactly. <laughs> Even more. <laughs> And, you know, Este, I, when I think of you, I think of color and layers and, and just the richness of that. Like, how do you sort of walk through color? It just, it just seems to embody it so well, but not in a, not in an over the top way. It's so thoughtfully done and it's so delicious. I don't know. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> it's just something I, I don't really know. I think you can develop a sense of color and, of again it's almost like you know I have this idea of keeping things simple and with color it's the same as in work with color but then have fewer to start off with and then just build on from there and this is something which which anyone can do is and that's also how I teach is use fewer colors and then develop them by mixing them up and that's how you learn about color I think in a way it might have come from being a textile designer and doing silkscreen printing because you have to think in few colors because every silkscreen is a process and and if you have to design fabric back then pre-digital every single time it has to be silkscreen so you have to think of you know what the yellow can do to become both an orange and a green um, and stay yellow so so it was I think that very strong discipline helped in in thinking about color, thinking quite critically about sort of how you use color, but then it just becomes a natural process because it's what you do. And like anyone else, I have colors that I struggle with that I don't like working with, but there is no such thing as an ugly color. You just have to find it's a, a color to go with it, to, to help it along, to, to make it shine. Um, and there are obviously, or uh, you know, there are there are rules with colors, such as you know, bring neutrals in. Don't let them fight too much. If you want a color to stand out, use it, use it, uh, use less of that. Use it um, not so obviously, and that will make that color shine. So there there are things that you can do. But I I do love color, and I do struggle with very very muted colors, and I've I've I love summer and colors and, and flowers but I think I make actually sometimes better work when there is no color around me and I have to look harder mm. um, you have to sort of improvise in another way so I I don't I can't really say um, sort of where that that comes from it's just it's it's just probably something that you have a preference for um, and some people have more of a, a, a natural inclination for, for for color maybe and other people just have a better way it's just a better way handwriting or or, or a, a, it's a way of seeing I presume but I, I can't really say that I 
I consciously know. It's just sort of something I like. What I'm look when I record these, I I do it over Zoom so I can actually see who I'm speaking with. You can't say yesterday, but she's got the most delicious stripy jumper sweater on, and she's sitting in front of a white wall with a very colorful painting that kind of goes with the sweater, and the whole thing is just perfect. I think colors make people happy, and people react to colors, and colors can be used in in all sorts of way, and we are definitely influenced by color whether we think it we are or not we are yeah it's it's for sure um it is so it's 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 part of the world it's part of um, i remember being quite important. young and and going into the local doctor's office in the little town i grew up in and um his walls were gray and even from a very young age, I was thinking, like, what? this is just wrong. Like, I'm in the doctor's <laughs> office. The walls are gray. It's all drab. What is, po- like, this is not, when I grow up, I'm going to make sure that every doctor's office has a sunny paint color, you know, <laughs> those things so that, that we think about. Yeah, I was thinking of, of, of hospital colors in hospital. You know, they have been painting walls in hospitals in particular color to colors to make people supposedly calmer. And the one is mm-hmm. is 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 the green, is that sort of um is a hospital green. There is such a color as a hospital green, which is supposed to make people calm. Mm. Um and again, it can have awful memories for people or, or it can <laughs> actually probably make you calm and, and um feel sort of calming. What's, what's the problem? psychology of it all for sure. One of the things too I've I've loved watching about you is I think in this in the licensing space in the product space there's not as many fine artists that kind of dip their toe there and I remember thinking when I first was aware of your work and then thinking gosh it would be so cool to see her work on product and how that would work and as the years have gone by it's you've really had a lot of great success with that it seems you know people who kind of can have the vision around that and tabletop and now scarves are coming out how how has that been for you to license your work a bit this is again sort of something i fell into it's Mm -hmm. it was not really really a very conscious um you put yourself in front of it a bit and people saw you yeah i think sometimes you just have to I, i i'm quite fatalistic in some ways in some ways i feel you have to see what feels right for you. And okay, it's it's okay. I'll, I'll tell you how. At the very beginning, what happened was at one point I was, um, I I was asked by a department store to license war art. So it was uh, presented as war art, framed, very beautifully done. But then the same company who did that wanted to have my work on war art and just you know basically almost on a print-on-demand kind of scenario print my paintings and I thought and, and I felt intimidated by it I felt this means it, com- it it competes with my own paintings that I put on a wall I don't want something paint printed on canvas that look a bit like my canvas why would I do that that then that is then going to sell for much less and then also have it in 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 you know all over the place I didn't want to have lots of Estee McLeod little paintings and artwork you know seen on everything so it literally came down to me thinking, and this is what I thought, I'd rather see my art on a shower cap than on a wall. That was my thinking. So that was the that was how it started where I th- thought, okay, but it obviously had to be a nice shower cap. I didn't mean one that's sort of super mass produced, but that was just sort of the, it was, it, it still had to be very, very selectively done. But where would I rather see my work and it's something which I'm still I'm very conscious of um I do not have my work on wall art unless it is wall art that is you were saying the one behind me it's like it's massively produced and it's on wood it's something I don't do so I I do my own print still and people can't buy you know buy it from anywhere else it's it's, you can only buy it from me and I, I do that because I want to keep control over it that said, I, I've, I've always wanted to have work on textiles, and it is something that has then started to happen. Uh, products like ceramics, I have that with, um, I had a range, a collection with crate and barrel. So it's it, uh, puzzles, you know, that it need not be necessarily very, uh, very niche, uh, expensive items, but it's like, where do I want to see it? Where, where, what? And where do you not want to see it? Exactly. And mm-hmm. I do not want to see it mass produced 
and presented as art, as, as art but cheaper. That's so. That's absolutely such a good point because I think sometimes we people think, oh my gosh, I'd just love to have my work out there. But being selective is is your prerogative and and I think is super important. It's just as important as like what color are you going to put on the canvas next? It's how do you want to see how do you want to see your art in the world? And granted, you know, would love to be able to pick pick it every time. But um, I know I've told you this before, but one of my favorite I have a in the summer, you know, when we in the old days when we could go over to people's houses and gather, um, <laughs> I have a lovely um friend here who has a beautiful garden and and she has a table inside of her fenced in vegetable garden. So it's just dahlias and flowers and artichokes and everything's sort of big and fabulous. And she brings out this one night, she brings out her new present from someone. It's this salad bowl with this wooden lid with the spoons in top up top and plates to match. And it was all yours. And I hadn't seen it. And that your work in her garden with that beautiful food was just like, Oh, I'm just having a moment. It was, it was just, but it was, to me, it was perfect for your work. It, the quality of the material was lovely. Um, the, you know, me, I'm turning everything over and expecting, inspecting it, but the way it was done was so nice. And I had that feeling. I, I felt like there's nothing, nothing was lost here. It just seemed perfect and unique, very unique. Yeah. I, I am, I am selective with, whom I do the companies I choose to do collaborations with, and I I'm I'm genuinely excited about products when they come out, and and it's I'd rather let something go by, even if people go oh this is going to earn you so much money, you know what this is to me the joy of going this is not really about money. I do understand you were saying when people go oh I just want to get the work out there, and they they don't really think about they don't might not see themselves as a fine artist. So it might be somebody who is a surface pattern designer and go oh yeah I'll just see my work on wall art and have it with a a company that does print on demand and and it's fine it can just be anywhere i don't mind it being in in walmart or places and i and it's not wrong there's nothing wrong with that it just means ultimately this is where you want your brand to be seen and you are brand and this is something that dawned on me it was something i didn't read anyway it just i i thought of it one day i thought yes this is actually i have to view what i do as a brand ultimately it is you know if i make cakes you know will I be happy for you know what kind of other cakes can I can I how do I want this to be that's maybe not the best example but if I were to make foodstuffs you know what how do I want this to be seen and what will people connect to what I'm doing I, I can't all of a sudden then start making things with lots of artificial ingredients if I see my if, if I if I started off as a as a um as, a, as an organic a company with, you know, wholesome ingredients, for example. So it's it's about you have to be consistent and you have to work with with brands that that has your the same ethos that has uh, that, that that where you just feel um, a connection. I think that's very important. This is such an important um, point of view and, and conversation that we've had together and separately before, you know, I just think in the old days, when you think of a brand, it would be looking outwardly towards something like a, you know, an airline or, you know, something big. But when you look inwardly and about yourself as a brand, which you all should be doing, it kind of helps with those decisions so much. It helps you, it helps your borders and your definitions and your, it helps you streamline and, and, you know, just focus in on how you want to be seen in the world and how you want to feel when you, when you get up to face your days, you know, projects or whatever it is, it's, it really helps so much. Totally. It, it gives, it helps to give you clarity in the same time. I, I might sound as if I'm, 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 I'm hemming in things too much. That's not at all what it is. You can be very, very versatile in today's um, world and, and with technology as an artist, you can have your, you can see your work in, on so many different um, products. Um, you can do it yourself. You can, I, I'm not knocking at all print on demand. I think it's fantastic. You can, a fine artist can make work that's perfectly suitable for, you know, like Society6 or uh, Redbubble, any of those 
And it, it you can create quality products. It's just like you can you can still use those print on demand services. And and I do. I have my work on Redbubble, but I don't have it on Wall Art. Mm-hmm. As long as you mm-hmm. can be selective and say, well, I'd love to see it on um, whatever. I, I'd love to do large large shawls and, and cushions in it, but I'm not going to do T-shirts and um, wall art because that's not really where I want to see this. Where I, I need to see where this design fits. Mm-hmm. You you are the one making the decisions ultimately. It's your. It's where you want to see yourself. And don't and forget it, that. It's, it's good to get a. Don't spread things too thinly. Just be. Be mindful. And this is actually something else I wanted to, to, to mention. It is a little bit in a different direction, different, different tangent. But this is another thing I'm quite passionate about is do also not sell yourself short. If you are today um, uh, what what might you, or you, what you see yourself as a designer, doesn't mean you can't be an artist ultimately. And that, I mean, what I, what I sort of link to that is the materials you work in. Mm. Don't work with inferior materials because the artwork that you make actually still has intrinsic value in the original art you're making as well. And I'm not talking about people making real life art versus digitally. So it is just, you know, don't, don't sell yourself short or you're still on a journey and it takes time to develop your style. And ultimately there are so many different things people can, can become. And just because you are not seen as an artist today doesn't mean you're not going to become a fine artist or, you know, somebody's, you know, selling work in exhibitions later on. Because it is something I'm actually seeing more happening with with artists who are, you know, sort of illustrators or Mm. um, designers who then sort of move into into different directions. And that's That's fabulous. And I think part of, you know, part of it is how visual or how visible, I should say, we can be um, these days, Instagram and things like that. And, And when you just think, back five years ago and where you were in your creative journey you five years on so much can change so just we just have to remember it's not all about today or tomorrow it's every day put the work out there show what you want to be seen um so 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 the work that you want people to see don't compromise too much if if it suits you to to make seasonal work and and you go with trends, then it's good. If it actually really suits you, if it's something you're not going to do just sort of to be on trend or just to follow everyone else, but it's better if you can to 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 consider. But what what makes me happy? What what am I really good at? What what brings me joy? What is something that I enjoy making? Which part of the creative process do I really enjoy most? It is about being. Um, sort of aware of of your own um, abilities or possibilities, I would say, your where you might still go to. And and yes, you were saying, you know, five years ago, five years ago, I didn't think this, you know, I'd be where I am right now. But I knew things will happen. It will just take longer. Mm-hmm. Some things will take longer. Um, for instance, I did a, a textile collection with quilting and I, I would still like to do really big bold designs on textiles I know it will happen we need to hook you up with Han- with Narita Hansen Hansen print textiles I think you'd be a good fit there note to self <laughs> <laughs> it's just you know just put it out and then mm-hmm. if it doesn't happen you know you can also create your own you can make it happen a lot of it you can you make can. It yourself yeah, and you really this is can. where you know. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I haven't got a fabric collection yet, but I, I'm. I've. I've got a, a scarf collection coming out. Yeah, tell me about that. Soon. Can't wait. Well, it's something that I. It actually takes me back also long ago, and even when I was a student, I remember at one point having a bit of money and then buying lots of silk scarves and painting silk scarves and selling them and then selling them framed and and that sort of Ooh. how you also the, the value of things you know something that. You can, if you if you think if you think wider than if you think a little bit out of the box, um, and this also comes to materials that you that you use. But you know, so something like silk, I've I've had a, a long term almost interest in. I used it when I studied long ago. I actually use silk as my decorative um, surface or surface to decorate on. I use this as a as a as the surface, and my 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 I did research on that how you can paint on silk, but. Anyway, the, the scarves that I now make, it's it, this is where digital then comes into 
the uh, the making did, did working in printing and digital or printing in digital the paintings that I make on silk, but then still have the hand element of we're using a very good quality silk, having it hand rolled, um, having that hand finish element to it, and using the highest grade of silk you can get is in creating a product that is just a bit special was something I wanted to do. And I am in the position of doing that. And then also that's 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 good. And then also making something that is also nice, but not quite as expensive as a large silk scarf without compromising, but just you know doing it in different uh, on different sort of I don't want to say different levels, but for different markets. And you can frame them as well. So that's the nice thing. That and they're going to be limited edition. So it's not like I'm not mass producing them. So will those and be each one will be you? Yes, at this point, but they're also priced, um, especially the smaller ones are priced for 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 um uh, re, you know for reselling as well. Are the smaller um, so ones silk? Is, I have silk and then I have a silk cotton. So I have a bandana yes. size, and that's mm-hmm. sort of the the one that you can tie around your dog without feeling guilty right. because it's not expensive. <laughs> Or we can um, use them for masks. Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> and it's it's a very thin, it's a very light, very thin um, sort of uh, sateen, but it's it's it has a silk cotton mix, and then you have the more luxury feel of of the silk. It's one is a is a thicker twill, and the other one is a slightly thinner um, fabric, and it's a slightly uh, less. Um, I don't want to say bulky, but not as Oh, that sounds heavy. I can't wait. Now, is this something, without giving away sources or anything, is this something you thought, like, I want to get this done, so I'm going to go make this happen myself, or did somebody come to you? Um, no, it's something I've been planning Good. for a long time, um, and I did a lot of research. I got a lot of samples from places. Good. I've been uh, sort of consulting with people about uh, about this as well, and, and literally having to look at, you know, who I can work with mm-hmm. that sort of sits sits well with me and and that's the one product I can't get from China because it still comes from China so mm-hmm. I can authentically say it makes sense to get my silk scarf from China yeah. yes it's sort of authentic been in production there since yeah. whatever the dawn of time. years ago yes yeah oh that's so exciting I can't wait to see how those what they look like do you remember um the painting contest, how I ended up with one of your paintings? Yes. Do you remember the funny thing that happened there? The fact that I could draw your name twice. Twice, yeah. Yes, because I thought, no, that's going to look. And I, I had, I had basically, it was, I worked with a number generator and it over, over time. And, and actually they were, I think they, I'm trying to think now how it worked, but I, it, it came up twice that your name was, was drawn. Yeah, it was, it so, was I remember it was you compl- saying. It was a completely a random thing that, that, that drew it. You said, you know, I'm going to, I drew your name, I'm going to draw it again, because, you know, it was something that, like, somebody else deserved to win besides myself. And, um, and then you said, yeah, but the it was between, you could, it was one of those great things where you could donate, like, the person entering the contest could donate, say, 20 pounds, and 20 pounds would mean five numbers, yes. right? Five tickets, yes. So the first one you drew, you said, I drew your name, and then I decided That's to draw again. <laughs> But I drew again, yes. and the first time it was 80, and then second time it was 84, and I had 80 through 85. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That, yeah, so I, I guess it was, you know. The number obviously was different, but it was definitely you came up. <laughs> and you know what? You know what? I am so – I, I okay, I'm talking to you now on the 1st of December, yeah. and I'm telling you why this – why? Because this is something as a, as a reminder to myself. Today is World, World AIDS Day. Mm. And that charity yes. was for yes. a, 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 a charity called um, uh, Starfish. Yep. And what I did now with my free course was it was going to be completely free, and it is free. But I thought, you know what? This actually came with a friend of mine who was telling this funny story of her going fishing. She's never fished before. And she said, and I caught a starfish. And I thought that just that word is a bit like the zest thing. Just that word made me think, oh, I need to maybe do a raffle and then bring it, do it in aid of Starfish Great Hearts. This is the name of this age charity that I, I've been supporting over years. So I thought, okay, that's, that's just what I'll do. And it was just because of that, because of the Starfish mention, because 
um, of what she said. So I have a raffle and it was it's completely voluntary. And up to date, I think it's now for the charity, it's the raffle have uh, brought in for this charity. I think it's over $1,500. So it's just a, it's just since last you know two weeks ago that it started and it's a it's it's uh, over four hundred dollars worth of art materials and I have these wonderful people that you know donate um, art supplies and, and you know companies I work with um, and so the 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 painting that you won the raffle went in aid of um, starfish great arts and today is. Um, World AIDS Day. So it is actually, it links quite nicely to that. Perfect as that. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I like to almost tie things up as that is just, you know, trusting the process or let get messages from, from, you know, be aware of where messages come from. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it almost guides you in a way. It really does. I, I feel like if we can be open to that, like what the universe is putting right in front of us, it gets us much further. I think so, because <laughs> alternative is you just don't really know. And you can think, <laughs> you can think, you can overthink things and you can plan things and you can um, try and make sense of everything. And there's a lot that it's too hard to really understand, you know, the the reasons for things. So you you, you have to often blindly go. And that is actually often how I think about myself. Sometimes I think, what? on earth made me think I'll be fine as an artist. It's such a hard career. And it's just the fact that I will make it work. It will work. It, it's fine. Just go with it. And and that is almost my resolve. What would you tell people that I, I talk to people all the time that I, you know, everybody's creative. That's, that's how I, I don't know. I always... Uh-huh. I've, I've seen it happen. I believe it. You know? Fundamentally, I agree. I really do. So what would you tell people that are thinking, oh, gosh, you know, how, how am I going to get my own work out there? How am I going to stay the course here? I would say don't overlook the obvious. And the obvious is it's as basic as start drawing. This is, it's, it's a bit like saying, somebody saying, oh, I want to write a book. I want to write a novel and waiting for inspiration to come from somewhere. And I'm just going to type it out on my computer and it's just going to be perfect. That's not going to happen. You have to probably do a lot of note taking. You have to do a lot of observation. If you're going to write a story about people, you have to observe people. You have to be open to criticism. You have to put yourself out there. You have to start somewhere. And it is as simple as draw. Draw every day, draw lots, because that's how your style shows itself. And then work with media, whether it is digitally or it is um, you know, working more, more with, with actual traditional material. Um, but you can, you can, there are safety nets as well that you can create for yourself. So you can work more commercially as long as you don't just work commercially. Mm-hmm. Um, don't sell yourself short and don't sell yourself uh, out. Don't don't compromise too much. But be you, you can be a commercial artist and still be an authentic artist. It's mm-hmm. it's about finding finding the the happy medium. I'd say. I also I might people might think this is not this is probably not true. But I I, I really think it's easier to be an artist now than it had been, you know, 30 years ago when I started as a as a as a as a as a young artist. Um, for the reason that you can really put work on Instagram and in Pinterest on Pinterest and you can have an Etsy shop and people will find you. It, mm. The market is not saturated. If your True. work stands out, it will be they seen. Will it's just you. a platform. It's like it's just a place where you can be seen. So whereas long ago <laughs> it was so what do you do? You, you had to show your work through a gallery. Mm-hmm. You can only show your work through a gallery if it's if it's good enough, or you then have to go to a market where you can only sell it to the people who go to an art fair. So all of a sudden, it's much more open, and they will you will never be able to please everyone. So you have to work in a way to create work that is unique, but you can get there over time. You can do this. There are bits that you can do to fill in but don't don't water don't dummy down too much that's probably what i would would say don't compromise too much yeah think of yourself as a brand you even a brand when you start 
start up. And the other thing that I would like to think in this way is, you know, you can make, um, you know, you can make original art or paint it all digitally and you can apply it in different ways. You can get it printed. You can make the work so it's suitable for different markets. It, it's, it, it is there. You just have to sort of find your way. You, you can be versatile or it's important to be versatile. It is um, think creatively. You know, artists are creative. You just have to be resourceful about your your own sort of abilities, your own own options. And I think if, you know, we do things, we tend to get in our own heads, certainly, any of us. And I, but I think if you, even things like your courses, your free course that's that's right now, the, the Zest one, that's a way to, it, you're playing, you're seeing what other people are doing. You're, instead of comparing, embrace, embrace your process. You know what? I think this is to me one of the big lessons also in, in, in my teaching. I, I learned from the from the students, from my students, mm. I learned from from the people that I whom I who, who do my courses so much, mm. and it's so important. And it's it's such it's such a thrill to see how people become more confident. Mm -hmm. And often yeah. I think, well, you you've done that project so much better than I ever could. <laughs> you know, the lesson I showed you, your outcome is so much better than than mine ever could be. Yeah. And I'm really proud of the fact that somebody can take what I gave them and 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 do it so well. Um, yes, isn't that it's you know, so that it rewarding? It's what I what I could ever do, and it, that to me is is a wonderful lesson as well. I I can I can put things out there, and and people can people will respond to it. And yeah, if you in their own way, the right things together, it it they will fly. They will. You're so good at that. I hope. Through. Every, anybody listens listening gets yourself over to estemacleod.com and looks at these courses because they're magic. Tell me three people that are inspiring you. Ooh, I <laughs> I have to think now because I I was thinking about it because when you were asking me, um, you sent me uh, good ones. If you want, I, I, <laughs> if you want, if you want to nudge, but I've actually, I I'm gonna I'm gonna change one because awesome again. It it comes down to to World AIDS Day, and, and yeah, it's something yeah. that I just saw saw today. Um, and it's it's about, you know, you, you think of, of people who are are important and leaders or, or uh, you know, are, are, are so important in the, um, and, and in, and in and the public eye, but so often it is the people who are on the ground and do things that are so humbling and I, I almost find it sometimes you know it, it, it almost moves me to tears and I know a woman who who basically runs an orphanage mm. I am South African and she, she's, mm. she's, she's, she's South African and it's you know she literally will go and, and find people find her children who's been thrown away and she will just in her stride look after these children she's got a little team that works with her but she's not it's not she's not an organization she's an individual and wow. she does it with such incredible strength that I do not know I cannot imagine somebody being so strong because very mm. often these children have HIV or are, are really poor and many of them die but she just mm -hmm. does it with such grace and it's um you know, it's it's just fantastic how, and there are a few people like that. I'm just thinking of one woman. Her name is Karen, and she is just such an example of of what you know the the human spirit, what people mm. can can do, what they are able to to do. And now I have forgotten the other people. You put me on the spot. <laughs> the other one is the, the new New Zealand Prime Minister, who's like oh. name I can never. Jacinda. Um, uh, our yeah, is that right? Yeah, it's it's, it's names that really she should have had a different surname <laughs> because it, it's sort of it's, it's difficult together. She is just such a again a, an example of somebody thinking logically and calmly, and um, you know just you know you it, the way she reacts to things, awful things that happen can be done in 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a vengeful and and hard and and. and way that's so abrasive and the way she resolve things and work with things is it's a fantastic example she has really shone over these past few months she just oh my goodness she is yeah i think she's been nominated she stands as apart. person of the year and i and i well, she hasn't she should be yeah and i hope she 
yeah, I, I hope she will get the whatever the accolade, the, the, the nomination. It will. I hope it it will be her. You have to tell me who the other people were that I nominated. You said um, from an artistic point of view, Terence Conran. Oh yes, good one. Certainly, who, who died recently? Who died recently? Again, it's his vision. It, it's yes. somebody who had such vision and not afraid vision. to put it out there. Yeah, and it's a thing of how about we put good design out there and make it accessible to people and just make it more. Um, you, it need not be highbrow. No, good design and good style can be accessible Real. to. To people, it's something. It's part of a teach a way you think of of, of enlightening or teaching people. Um, it's not one or the other. It doesn't have to be expensive to be to be good. No, um, I remember to be, to be styleful. You know, when I I lived in England a little while, and and I would go to the Michelin building on on King's Road, right? And that was he had the restaurant there, and he had a little bit of shop there. But it was just how he touched that building and made it so cool and just of course conrad habitat such a good one and you also put who i looked up your tutor when you studied ceramics neil brownsword he looks yes, fantastic yes, he is and and it again sometimes and i think this is something i i need to remember as a as a teacher as, as somebody who, who teaches also as part of my art practice you can say one sentence has the ability to change mm. a person's direction I, I don't want to be as, as, as sounds a bit to say that change their life but just change the way they they view themselves and their possible the abilities so much and and what happened was I I was going to study I, I moved we, we my son was born in uh, we lived in London son was born we moved back to South Africa and we came back here and decided not to live in London and I then one day and, and again this touches onto the way sometimes you just need you know people sort of has an influence on you a woman bought something a piece of ceramic of of mine and she said oh i'm i'm doing part-time studies at this university down the road uh, in in um High and um you should do it you know you should you know come and do your ma there come and study there um it's like she's doing it part-time and then i i applied and it was literally just on a whim, on this woman saying saying this. And the next thing I knew was I was supposed to go in for an interview. And the person I was supposed to interview wasn't there. And he was not the sort of uh, course leader. He was a lecturer. And he interviewed me. And um, and he basically, you know, said, yeah, and this is actually I, I don't need to study the full degree. I can sort of start at a second year uh, of the degree and um, if I wanted to. And um, also, if I want to, um, you know, just actually start it. And then I, he looked at my work as I started working. And he said, you know what, I want you to do one thing. I want you to play. I want you, you don't have to work in ceramics. You can look at any media that you want to work in. But I want you to take this time that you decided to study, to play and look at your at at, 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 at what you can do. Don't worry about the outcome, just document it. I can see you can do ceramics because you've done ceramics for ages. So now, because I thought, oh, I'm going to study and I'm actually going to learn how to make glaze. I'm going to learn about this set. No, 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 you're not a purist. Just you're a free spirit. And he could, he, he, he was able to, to, to understand what made me tick and what I wanted to do. And playing is so important. It's vital. So it it was so empowering for somebody to have that trust in you, to not like, oh, I want to see every week, I want to see you do this and this and this. So that was that was a very big component to to me having not it need not be so serious. You have to be serious about what you do, but don't make to uh, just to allow that and yeah. for and to push you towards that when when very likely you would have taken it much differently much more seriously yes because it's a series i'm going to study yeah. now and then i i after that i got a scholarship um at a at another university and uh, where i did my uh, continued studies and i was going to study glass mm. um and i just found it to be incredibly tedious and mm -hmm. it was done again to they having um uh, uh, the way it was taught was very very formulaic very precise and i just thought i cannot polish glass for weeks on end it just kills me i can't yeah. do it um and it, it was not my medium mm. and it's this is, this is the other thing i want to say is 
the best thing that sometimes can happen to you is to learn what you not, don't want to do. Absolutely. Oh, you learn so much that way. Yeah. Doing something and going, no, I really don't like it. It's uh-huh. done. See, see that as a blessing. Yes, it's a good yes. thing to go. Okay. Now I'll do a different direction. So that's what my point there is try different things because it will, it will show you the way sort of just do it for the process. Trust the process. If you hate it, then it's, it's, it's actually a good thing. It's fine. Then you change, change the direction. Like sometimes we find ourselves in positions that maybe we don't want to be in or tr- a project we don't want to do. And I always remind myself that you learn what to do and what not to do, right? Yeah. And um, so I've, I finished my degree doing a master's degree in jewelry design. Oh, and love to you see can that. think, oh, but why, why did you not, why did you do that? <laughs> and it, it, this, <laughs> what my thinking was for this was I didn't want to do a fine art degree because I just felt it was, yeah. I do, I, I paint and I'm, I'm already painting and I didn't want to, I didn't want to almost have again somebody telling me I need to do it in a different way. Right. Or, and I thought with jewelry, with jewelry is such a, a an incredible um, object. Objects, jewelry embodies or it offers you so much um, of scope to play with because it's as old as man adornment. So anything can be jewelry, and by that I mean the possibilities of using jewelry. In any case, you can take something and you can give it a different meaning. You can take you can you you can take something and if it's presented in 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 the correct way you can go down the road and you can pick up a, a a piece of rusted metal and you can present it in a way that it is a beautiful brooch and you give something a, a whole different like something that could have been plain and ordinary you can elevate it just by how you present it yeah so to me it was the case of i wanted to do something that is extremely uncommercial because i live in a world where I had to make a living as an artist, everything that I made had to be sellable still somehow, even though as part of that, I, I, I had the, the joy of, of making and playing and creating and that nothing of that I resented, but I wanted to have the opportunity to really just play with ideas, to really see what happens if I take, so, so my objective was take things that had a life beforehand and then make jewelry out of them. So I would take a walking stick, that is uh, something that's a 100-year-old walking stick with a silver tip, and I would research the hallmark on that. And then I would take the, the walking stick and the entire walking stick that had been in somebody's possession was, was well-made. I would then cut it up and articulate it and turn it into a necklace, which is a very uncomfortable necklace, but it's that's a jewelry so piece. Fascinating. So, it be, so it, it's something that had to function with, yes. with, with your body. Right. Just because it, it, it can do this, it, it gives it, a, it's now in a new context. Ah, oh, so interesting. It gives it a new, new life. And jewelry is a bit like, you know, it's a bit like you can put something, you can take a scribble and you can put it in a frame and hang it on a wall. Mm. And because you show it in that context, it's now art. Mm. And jewelry to a degree is, is also like that. And I'm not saying that to diminish it. I mean, it right. has the potential to be, if you show something, if you, if, if, if the reason why something is beautiful or, and, and, and has the value of a brooch or a, a, a jewelry piece, it's because the way you present it and it then it becomes observed as, as that. Subvert is a word I'm looking for, to subvert things, to take things and to alter the its 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 meaning, change the functionality or the But because of because of how you treat it, I I I need to see some pictures of these. <laughs> they sound amazing. Your one other person was uh, Greta Thunberg. I don't even have to talk about it because it's just like, oh my goodness, what were you thinking? Your little, it's this again. It's it's the power of the power of conviction. If you believe in what you are saying and it makes good sense and it makes sense to you, then you can literally move mountains. You can have the power, even though you are one small person. You, it, it, to me, the lesson is you have an influence. You can, you can have a, you can have a say. You, you're going to be up against loads of obstacles, and lots of people will disagree with you. And 
you know, and it doesn't matter because if you will get the word out, people people will respond to you. If you put things out there, so it, it can even be the lesson there is it can be on a smaller scale as well. Just put things out. It will come back. And, and it's important to be aware. This is probably why one of the reasons why I'm also I highlight her. It's, you know, things stare us in the face and people choose to to look the other way and not be bothered by it and to have that strength to just go well regardless of 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 what i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna make my my feelings known i'm gonna protest this i I think it's wrong you know people should pay attention there's there are serious problems you know we we need to to make uh, make changes is you know there's a climate crisis and that one small voice you know she might have thought she was too small to be heard but all you have to do is start speaking yeah and and it is that sort of the conviction if you are certain of what you are thinking and it's uh, there's a good logical reason for that then just put it out there it's 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 incredibly powerful Mm, what good conversation, Este. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh. And um, you are also such an inspiration to me as well. You, you such a, you have such a powerful energy as well. The way oh. you, you see things as well. It's, uh, it's a true inspiration. Thank you. That is a huge compliment coming from somebody that I, I, I just love it seeing what you're up to. And I think, you know, I think we find our our people. I, you're one of those that I feel like, gosh, I could talk to much more often. And I just, I just appreciate you've always just been ever since I first kind of knew you. And, and I just appreciate what you put out in the world. And I, I just love the way you do it. So keep it up, my dear. Thank you, Margot. Hey, thanks so much for being here with me today. I just love these conversations. They mean the world to me. I love being able to share with you these wonderful people that I have met along the way. They mean so much. So if you want to check out the show notes or my favorites or anything like that, head on over to tantostudio.com and I'll have everything there, all the details that we talked about today. So again, thanks so much for being here and feel free to head over to wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple or Spotify, and leave a review for Windowsill Chats and subscribe. I will see you next week. I so appreciate you lovelies. Thanks for being here.